I am so excited. I am finally getting educated on 1031s. And if you have thought about doing an investment that you don't want to get nailed in taxes on, you better tune in and listen up. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Raines of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Raines. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Hidalgo Raines with Grateful Heart TV, and today's topic is the very exciting topic of 1031s. You're like, hmm, what's a 1031? Well, you're about to find out how that might impact you if you decide you want to invest in real estate. Welcome, Rick, my expert on 1031s. Hi, good morning, good afternoon. Good morning, good afternoon. It could be any time of day when somebody's watching the show, Rick. And, And you know what's cool about the show is I have a feeling it's going to be what we consider evergreen because the material, the topic at hand, the 1031s, it's not something that really changes very often. And it's a term that's very loosely used in real estate, but I don't know how many people really know the ins and outs of it. So I thought I'd ask you, Rick, to educate us. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's probably the most unutilized uh, um, part of the tax code for real estate. And uh, with these uh, crazy markets that we're dealing with right now, Everybody wants to know more about 1031 exchanges um, because there's a lot of movement with investment properties. Well, and there's been a ton of appreciation over the last couple of years. So you have a lot of investors who've made a bunch of money and they're trying to figure out how to mitigate their tax liabilities when they sell and buy, right? Absolutely. Um, With capital gains taxes, I mean, 20, 30% of what your gain is that you have to pay to the IRS or Uncle Sam. Uh, it's better to take that money and defer it into another replacement property and build up that equity again on another property. So I want to talk with you so I rem- I know the rules. I need to learn the yeah. rules because the, the rules are really, I think, what gets most people confused. For example, let me give you this example. Last year I had a client and actually today, it was March 1st. That's, this is today's show, so now I'm dating today's show. March 1st of 2021, she closed escrow on a home in Tempe, Arizona. She bought it for $539,000. Mind you, it was listed at five twenty-five, dollars only appraised at five hundred. dollars Later on this past year, she calls me saying, Rebecca, my husband just got transferred again. And I'm like, oh boy, that's great. Awesome. What does that mean? They wanted to sell. And they did sell and they closed escrow eight months after closing on the home that they bought, right? So my concern for them was all this money they were about to make and how could I help them not have to pay taxes on that money and just roll it into another property? The caveat though, I believe with 1031s is you can't live in the property, right? No, that sounds like it's a primary residence. Um, And if they sold it in eight months, uh, they don't qualify for even the, which is the tax code 121 or the primary residence exclusion, which is you have to live in the property for two years. And if you're single, you get 250. If you're married, following jointly, you get up to 500,000. But an eight 
eight month turnaround. Um, there's unfortunately nothing that can help them. They're, they got to factor in that capital gains tax. So that is beautiful. I didn't even plan that, Rick. I couldn't have planned it better, honestly, because that is one of the things that I do know enough to be dangerous. When I have a client who calls me, and then I spit out this word called capital gains, and they're like, what's that? And I tell them, like, hey, if you can hold that at least a full year, then your capital gain tax will be probably, talk to an attorney or an accountant, not me, I'm not an expert, but talk to somebody else, but it'll probably be half as less is if you sell in the first 12 months. And I did warn my gal about that, and she talked to her accountant, and he was gonna come up with some other whatever for her, and I didn't wanna know about it. So I'm like, okay, whatever you do is whatever you do. I just did tell you to go talk to your attorney, your accountant, and and whatever. Um, But that's true, capital gains tax is a really big consideration. So that really only applies to people who live in the home as their primary, Uh and they don't have to pay taxes as long as they live there for two of the last five years. That's correct, yeah. As far as we know, right. So there's there's three parts of when you have a real estate transaction. Right, yeah. So it's and the biggest one I get a call on a lot is that primary residence uh, because of the market and uh, they want to qualify for a 1031 exchange. And if it's not an investment property or it hasn't had any history or claimed it as a rental, then you're looking at uh, hopefully qualify for the primary residence exclusion. Um, the other one that comes up to do is that second home property. I get a ton of calls on those. You mean the ones that they have as and, verbos? Those ones? Um, if you have a property, uh, um, what's that? I said, are those like the properties? Oh, sorry, I missed that. A lot of people will make their properties vacation rentals. Um, uh, you know, their secondary right, yeah. properties as vacation rentals. And I think that's how they try to get around this whole 1031 perhaps if they claimed it on their taxes as a vacation rental? They do qualify for um, 1031 exchange. Um, and that's what I was about to say is with the second home, if it's exclusively just for your personal use, you don't get any tax exemption like you do in your primary. Minimal amount of time you, have, you qualify to do a 1031 exchange and defer your capital gains into another property that you can short-term rental or 12-month lease, whatever you want to do in that options. So let me just say that again, because I think you cut out just a hair. Um, so somebody has, I have a cabin, for example, up north in Strawberry. I love my place. And it was supposed to be a vacation rental, but I go too often, and I really didn't like people sleeping in my bed. So I like put a squash to it immediately. So what right. you're saying is the capital gain exemption doesn't apply, probably. I know you're not an accountant or an attorney, but right. you know, from what little you know enough to be dangerous, just like me, that means right. I wouldn't be able to take advantage of capital gains. And if I want to mitigate my taxes, I probably should start renting that thing out before I go to sell it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I always advise my clients to do that. Um, sometimes it's too late by the time that they have a conversation with me. But the way the tax code is written for uh, a second home property slash uh, investment property, the minimum is only 14 days a year that you have to rent out the property. So very easy to do that, but there is a caveat to that too as well, that you can only use it uh, two uh, or 14 days a year or 10% of the time that you rent it. So if you're looking at that you're done with that property, you wanna get out of that one and buy it as a sale that you can start renting it out, but you wanna rent it out as 
much as possible so that you can use it um, for that 10% of the time. And then of course you get that advantage of uh, deferring it into another property. So that's a really good plan for somebody who has time to be strategic like myself, that maybe right. I don't, even though I've owned it for five years, I, I actually do move out, rent it out, and then do I rent it out for a year or do I have to rent it out for two years? Or how do I make sure that I can 1031 it? You need two years history. So okay. the two years prior to the sale, you have to have at least uh, the two week uh, rental and keep your use to a minimum of 10%. And it has to be claimed on your taxes too. I always get that phone call where that, that they, they um, oh, I rented out to family and friends. Have you claimed it on your taxes? Uh, no, I didn't. So whatever you tell the IRS and whatever you claim out makes you eligible for some other benefits. You know, and there's minimums that you're allowed to let friends and family use it too. That's the other closer. That well, that's definitely something I'm going to personally look into, and that actually yeah. brings up another real life example. I have a call this afternoon with the client who reached out to me last night. So I'm like, oh, perfect timing. I'm going to talk to this guy named Rick tomorrow who knows everything there is to know about 1031s. And her, this is her problem. She had, she moved into the property she's been renting for forever, just recently. And now she's discovered it's not big enough. So now she wants to sell it. But does she like contaminate the property the right. minute she moved in? What are the rules when it comes to making it back to a rental so she can turn 1031 it again? Yeah, it's, it's, it's that two year prior to the sale. It's the same okay. thing as when you're Airbnb the property. Um, she needs to have two years worth of history that it's been a rental um, for 12 months. So if strategically you want to do that and plan ahead, mm -hmm. that is a direction to do it. Just have two tax years that you have claimed it as an investment property. It doesn't have to be profitable. I mean, it, ideally right. if it is, that's great. But if uh, you claim the income on it, did a Schedule C or Schedule E in your taxes, not to get too mechanical, but that will get you that the uh, um, exclusion where you can have that uh, ferment on 1031. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I love being able to throw things out like these real life examples. What I'm wondering, Rick, is um, before we take a commercial break, is there a way that maybe you can just summarize? Because I think most people who own property today that want to do a 1031, that have never done a 1031 before, you know, they there's just probably a couple of basic rules. And I'm assuming they start off with, you can't live in the property. It has to be a rental of some sort, right? And then rule number two, at least two of the last five years, probably? Or does that even matter, five years? Because um, it would just last two years, right? The, the last two years is the minimum requirement for it to qualify for a 1031 exchange um like i say you just have to have it claimed on your taxes as an investment property qualify for the um deferment um so if somebody that hasn't done it before and and they're looking about or before you list the property um because maybe you want to wait a bit maybe you're six months shy of uh, getting that two-year worth of history so you do qualify for it and so people understand the benefits of doing a 1031 is you're basically, let, let's use a house. Maybe you bought it two years ago for $100,000. And today it's worth $200,000. And typically the income would be the $100,000 because it's sales price to sales price, correct? So if it's sales, it's, yeah. it's sales price to sales price, and you don't want to pay taxes on that, 
I know you can take some like of your write off, like maybe your expenses or stuff like that, right, to mitigate if you can't take advantage of that. But it's basically an investor's way of not having to pay income taxes on the money he just made or she made. Right. So it is your basis that uh, your sales price is where you start off with your basis. That's the starting point. And then whatever you sell it for minus commissions and closing costs, Mm -hmm. that gives you your net sales price. And then the difference is what you end up paying capital gains tax on. But it can be plus or minus because there's, again, this is something you sit down with your tax advisor with, but your basis can adjust up or down um, um, when you take the depreciation on your taxes. So that depreciation is part of that formula, but simply saving, like you said, if you you bought it for, and you made a $100,000 gain, that's when you want to look at doing a 1031 exchange and deferring that into the next property. And then the other caveat is you can't touch the money, right? It's like you can't touch it. If you touch it, then you don't get to do a 1031. And when I'm talking about touching it, I mean, you sell the property, close escrow, the title company sends you $100,000, it's sitting in your bank, and then you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to have to give the IRS this money. No. And then that's where, that's the other misleader when it comes to 1031 exchange. You have to have that conversation with your tax advisor before you get to closing. And to set up a 1031 exchange, it has to be set up with a qualified intermediary or combinator. These are all names that I have who set up that exchange so that we give those instructions to the closing agent that those funds don't go to the taxpayer. They go to a third party um, QI or accommodator like myself. So we hold those funds and make sure that they're under regulations of 1031 exchange and don't have to be taxable on those funds. But you're right, if they receive them and they didn't set up an exchange, it's 100% taxable at that point. And, and uh, you'd have to factor in what your capital gains tax is. Now, I have to ask, I'm right. pretty sure there's a caveat to that. And the caveat, I, I had a client school me. And this is why I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago. They called me and they're like, Rebecca, we're just going to do a reverse 1031. I'm like, what's a reverse 1031? And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. My finance guy told me I need to actually do this Delaware trust, land trust thing. I'm like, well, what's that? And he couldn't explain it to me. So I need you to talk to us about these caveats as soon as we come back from break. I promise, guys, we'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602 
888-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. And look how quick we're right back from the show break. And hopefully you're all ready to go, Rick, with explaining to us. I actually put, let me let me check my show outline. I want to make sure I'm not messing this up at all. Uh, Rick, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say this earlier and I should have. You are with IPX 1031. That's the name of your company. And there's the top of your head. Sorry about that. You're VP. You cover Arizona, New Mexico. And you are definitely the expert on 1031s. Um, and then I had asked uh, you before break about a Delaware statutory trust and also uh-huh. had asked you about um, what a reverse was and like kind. We have all kinds of good stuff to talk about, but I have to tell you this morning, I hopped onto your website and I was so impressed with all of the information you guys have over there at IPX. Uh, so like just example here, the real estate ex- exchange example, this this is what we talked about in the first half of our show. And now I want to get into the more complicated stuff like a Delaware statutory trust. So right. I get the call from my client and he's like, crap, Rebecca, I closed escrow and I didn't listen to you. I did not set up my 1031. But somebody told me I can do this thing called a Delaware land trust. Rick, please. There's a few different ones that are out there. There's a Delaware land trust and then there's a Delaware statute trust completely different um, uh, replacement options. So the Delaware statute trust is the replacement option mm-hmm. where that you can exchange into a fractional ownership of commercial properties. And you don't have to worry about the whole ID period, the timelines, because these are properties that have been sh- structured that you can literally within a couple of days and do your due diligence on it, exchange it. And box money. Uh, there was one that was super popular a few months ago, and I shouldn't say this now because I don't know when it's going to be aired, but it was an Amazon warehouse. Uh-huh. So who doesn't want to be um, a landowner for a landlord for Amazon warehouse? That's I want to. That's going to be uh, a brand that's going to be able to pay the rent. Yeah. I mean, maybe get a discount on your uh, prime time, um, your oh, prime my goodness. membership every year if you own I have so many empty boxes in my garage right now from Amazon, I hate to admit. So that would be a great investment. So say I say that right. this client who screwed up, put the money in their bank account, they could take that money and invest it in something like this and not, and avoid the tax issue that maybe they're trying to avoid? Now, the other DST that you mentioned is a land trust. Mm-hmm. So these are not 100% regulated yet. Um, so there's a little bit of a gray with that. Okay. What it is is similar to the structure where it is something you can place your funds into under a trust. 
and get some deferment over that period of time. But it's it hasn't been fully regulated. But if that is an option that you're looking for, um, that is a replacement option if you haven't set up. But the better one that has been regulated is what they call an opportunity zone. Oh. So that you can invest your funds into mm-hmm. an opportunity zone and get you you forgot you didn't set up didn't call me to set up your exchange this is something that you don't need a qualified intermediary to do this you just have to reinvest those funds into one of these opportunity zones within 180 days of close of escrow of your um, taxable property okay so that's six months from the time that you mm -hmm. oops i want money went in my bank account now i don't know what to do you have up to six months to do that what what was that called again an options trust right and they could call you. It's called an opportunity zone. Opportunity no, opp- zone. Yeah, opportunity zone, and they can contact me. I can help them and put them in touch with the right contacts that can offer those to them. Uh-huh. Um, but they don't need. This is more like a fallback if they didn't set up their 1031 exchange. Got it. So that's confusing with the DST. There's two different types of DSTs, completely different than the other. And the DST stands for deferment. I'm assuming. Um, the one does, and then the other one stands for Delaware Statute ah, Trust. That's the Amazon possible. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing that my client told me about that I didn't understand or didn't know of was the reverse 1031. Mm-hmm. And you guys do do that there as well, right? We do, yeah. And they are super popular right now. And the main reason why is because, well, if you've been looking at any properties to buy right now, they're, they're as soon as they go on the market, they're pending. Um, right. We have multiple offers. So reverse is a peace of mind exchange uh, where you can buy the replacement property up front. Uh-huh. There's some hurdles you have to go through, but for the most part, you buy that replacement property up front, going through a 1031 exchange um, qualified intermediary like myself. Then we hold that property under an entity for up to 180 days oh, six months until again. they sell their taxable property. Okay. So. It's, it, there's a little bit, like I said, there's some moving components to that, but the gist of it is that you can acquire the property up front and then you give 180 days to get your property uh, ready for market and sell. And then you can fully exchange into it and you get that full tax deferment. So super popular, as you can imagine, with this market that we're dealing with, you don't have to stress the timelines on a normal exchange. No, that's really uh, smart because now we got to talk about a normal exchange. I kind of started backwards with all the complicated stuff, Rick. And so on a normal exchange, a, a guy who's had a rental for many, many years, and he's like, okay, I'm ready to cash out. Maybe I'm ready to go buy that fourplex. I've always wanted to have four units, you know, and versus the one. So what is the normal process? If, if they know what they're doing, they pick up the phone and call you probably before they even call me to list it. Yeah, ideally, that's the way to go. And in and, and real time, that doesn't happen all the time. But on a normal exchange, it's really whatever you're selling. And it, the like kind is the biggest confusing part about it is because they think they have a condo, they have to go buy another condo. And maybe they don't want to deal with condo associations anymore. So they want to get out of that and they want to buy a single family. Or they want to buy, like you say, a fourplex, mm-hmm. which is commercial property. And if they don't know much about 1031 exchanges or they haven't had those conversations, they may not realize that that is all considered like kind, like kind from a condo to commercial property to raw land, all that's as long as it's real property and not your primary residence, it qualifies for like kind. 
So that's the biggest thing that uh, people are like, oh, I don't want to do a 1031 exchange because they don't know that like kind is more broad than they were aware of. Well, and, and you know, the time, mm -hmm. yep. go, I was going to say on your website, I actually saw, I scrolled down and you yeah. have a whole qualified like 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 kind property um, under there. And it talks all about that. I was really impressed. So basically it looks like, um, you well you'll you know better than i can to summarize this up but it looks like it's a lot looser than what most people would assume just like you just said they think a condo has to be a condo and really right. it just needs to be is it real estate to real estate and like business to business as long as it's real estate to real estate or real property the, the only one that's the exception to the rule is your primary residence you can't exchange an investment to your primary residence initially but for your long-term goal, you can actually exchange into your primary residence, not to confuse everybody, but there is options for that too as well down the line that well, you can let's, your investment property. Let's talk, talk about that? that one, Rick, because I bought my home 10 years ago for 350000 It's probably worth close to a million today, which is shocking to me that anybody would pay that much. And we have lived in it, so we can avoid capital gains, but I'm running into the problem that capital gains only covers 500000 and I will probably make more than five hundred thousand with my husband. So tell me, how do right. we how do we get out of that one? Sure. Well, I mean, we're not going to teach you anything that's that's not part of the tax code. But basically, what it is is called the Dream Home Act. Okay. This is something that's been ruled on with the IRS. So if you have, uh, and to disclaimer, when it comes to a ten thirty one exchange, the IRS looks what your initial intent is and actions. So if you're doing a 1031 exchange, your initial intent is that you're buying this property and it's going to be a long-term investment property for you. Mm -hmm. So as we know, things change. So you did an exchange three years later, you're deciding I'm tired of dealing with uh, trash and tenants and uh, toilets cleaning on the weekends. So now you can say, look, this property I've owned it for three years. What's my options? Do I sell and pay the tax or do I do another 1031 exchange and buy another one, which I have to deal with the same issues? Or do I want to sell it now and buy my dream home or my forever uh, primary residence? So you can take the funds from that. In your example, if it was a million dollars, you can take that million dollars and go buy your forever home, um, exchange one more time into your forever home. You just have to maintain that property for the first two years as an investment or like an Airbnb rental property. Got the it. third year, you can move into that property, start claiming it as your primary residence. And then once you have two out of the five as your primary residence, you get that exclusion Ooh. up to 500,000. So you can exchange your funds from where you were with that uh, primary residence, so your investment property. So you don't have to pay the capital gains tax. You defer it into another primary residence keep it and move into it. And if that's your forever home, you don't have to worry about paying those capital gains tax. You leave it to your heirs and then they receive a stepped up basis of free property without any tax. Oh my goodness. So my mind yeah. is just spinning right now, Rick. You mm -hmm. have just thrown out so much knowledge that it's probably going to take a few days for all that just to kind of simulate inside of my, right. my brain. What I'm thinking, I, I really think I need to have you back probably in person next time and have our tax expert and I have an attorney tax guy who's been on my show too. And between the three of you, I really think you could really help navigate some people to financial 
success in the sense that they can mitigate their taxes, make some smart decisions when it comes to investing. And I, like this, the dream home, like, wow, now I've got my head spinning, like, hmm, maybe some of my investments I can take and put towards, you know, like there's just, you just opened up, right. I, I'm not going to call it Pandora's box because it's going to be a beautiful box, but you opened up a huge box of opportunities and possibilities that I didn't right. even know existed. And this is truly how the wealthy get wealthy because they learn this stuff. That's what I was saying. It's the most underutilized part of the tax code. Yep. Yeah, I, I just I just feel like you should just drop the mic and go ahead and walk on out because that was that was some wonderful knowledge you just dropped on us. It was fantastic. And Rick, I know you've been doing this an awful long time. Um, tell our audience a little bit about you and IPX and how they can get a hold of you if what they just learned blew their brain just like it blew mine. Right. Yeah. Well, I've been in the real estate game for a long time. Um, been focused on 1031 exchange for the last 10 years. And with that, because um, I was a real estate agent, oh. I was a mortgage broker, title escrow. I've done it all in my real estate career. And but I love what I'm doing now is just focusing on 1031 exchange because you use all the components of real estate investing or um, your primary residence, all the part of the tax code. And you can do estate uh, planning with it. Like mm-hmm. we just talked about, that was just a, a chisel off the top of the cliff of the iceberg. There's so many other things you can use 1031 exchange to build up that wealth or that residual income from. So having that focus now that this is all I do, um, it's something that, uh, that, and I give free advice for a lot of this, but when it comes down to, I always throw my disclaimer in there that you have to consult your tax yeah. advisor for any tax question. And I say the same thing. Um, so I can give you the, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a real estate attorney, um, but I can help. And if you have a real estate uh, attorney or a CPA that doesn't know much about 1031 exchange, which happens, Mm -hmm. I can refer you to uh, um, one that does. And as far as reaching me, um, the website is a great way to start off with. We are a national company. Um, We're part of the Fidelity National Title. um, That's our parent company, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, a Fortune 300 company. So we have a lot of financial strength behind us. But when it comes to contacting me, go to our website, punch in uh, area code for Arizona or New Mexico. You'll land on uh, my page. Um, If uh, you have an exchange out of Florida, we can help you with that. If you have an exchange on the West Coast, anywhere in the United States, uh, we can help you with that uh, for my office or for many of the uh, other offices through IPX. So that's the best way to reach me. Um, the other way is my direct number. It's uh, 602-793-1558. Say so one more time, 602-793-1558. Well, I uh, know you just made my list. I have a list called Becky's List, and you are going to be on the top of it at, when it comes to 1031s. I will make sure any of my clients, I actually plan to share this with our uh, database in our next newsletter just because it is so important for people to understand there's a lot of money being made right now. And if they're not careful, they're going to be paying through the nose and taxes on all these investments that they're making. Thank you again, Rick, for joining us. And we look forward to having you on again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow, I can't believe how much knowledge Rick just dropped on us. His name again is Rick Whitstock over at IPX 1031. And that's actually probably the best way to get a hold of him is just email him at rick.whitstock at 
1031, IPX1031. Yeah, it's IPX1031.com. And I know he repeated his cell phone a couple of times for you guys on the show, but in case you missed it, I will say it again. It's 602-793-1558. And I'll tell you what, I'm about ready to sign up with him because I want to make sure I'm mitigating my taxes and uh, making sure I have more to pass on to my family one of these days. I think you guys ought to, too. If you have any investments at all, give that man a call. Thanks. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day